This is the First Step Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Hayden Wright, along with my co-host, Austin Cole. Austin, what is going on, buddy? Oh, it is going great. I can't wait to get right on in and listen to Andrew, hear what he has to say. Yes, we had a, a great guest today. Andrew Carlson talks a little bit about his foreclosure, about his 12-unit apartment complex, and his mentor. All around, just a great guy. Great first guest. Best first guest we could ask for. Um, so without further ado, let's get to today's show. All right, Andrew, happy you're here. So, Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on the, on the podcast, Hayden and Austin. Oh, no. Yeah, man. Our pleasure. Very happy Our you're pleasure. here. Yeah, yeah. I think this is going to be a great show. Uh, very excited to learn more about you and what your, what your path is right now. So uh, let's go ahead and get started. Um, so how did we, we, we kind of met on Bigger Pockets just chatting up. I don't remember about what specific topic or how that started, but I've talked to you for a couple of months. Oh, you do you remember, really? Oh, yeah. So I have a, my mentor, which we'll jump into later. He he uh so we're both from minnesota my mentor and i but he owns i want to say like six or seven hundred apartment units down in, in houston where you guys are from oh, wow. and um you you had posted about how you how to protect yourself basically with your finder's fee you know if you find a deal that you can't do yourself how do you pass it on to somebody else but protect you know a finder's fee or or get your cut which was really interesting because I was having the same issue at the same time. Uh, I had found this crazy off-market deal. Um, it was a huge deal. And I'm like, there's no way I can even begin to, you know, grasp this thing on my own. So I started reaching out to people and then I'm like, man, I could totally get chopped out of this thing so easily you right, know? Yeah. without signing anything. I'm just like this kid, like passing out this OM on this huge deal. I don't even know what's going on with that deal anymore, to be honest. Somebody could have taken it. I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So so we were in that similar situation. Yeah, I remember that now. So I had um, off of some, some prop screen outreach, I had found this deal through a text that wasn't really a deal. It didn't turn out to be anything. But it was a 211 unit uh, apartment complex here in Houston. And okay. like you said, cool. way out of the league, way out of like my league. So tried to kind of figure out what was going on, what I needed to do. Sure. But somewhat yeah. similar to your situation, it's it's somewhere. I actually ended up sending that to Jay Scott uh, from the uh, podcast. Uh, no so way. We, yeah, yeah. So we had a little bit of conversation back and forth for a little bit. But I sent it over to him and I checked in a little while ago, but he's obviously a pretty busy man. He said he was he was dealing with it with his uh, acquisition side, but that owner sure. wasn't wasn't super friendly. He kind of was okay. very dry and, and uh, I kind of upset him at first because I didn't, I asked him, I'd screwed up right off the bat. I texted him if he was interested in selling the deal. And then I asked him how many units it was and he got upset because I didn't know off, uh, off the top of my head. So definitely should have had that really research. done the homework going in. Yeah. So did it not say on prop stream how many units it was? So it did, which is why I feel even dumber because it wasn't where I thought to look. It was a, cause you Googled it and it showed a lot more than it had originally said, but there was another area I could have checked on prop stream where it was, it was more accurate. Cause all it said was it was yeah. in a, a garden apartment five plus, which was the category. Um, yeah, but yeah. And on a uh, Google maps, you could see that there was clearly more than that. So yeah, prop stream is, it doesn't always have the super accurate information. Um, you know, you kind of have to do your own digging in like the public record or, or wherever you, you know, else you can find it. But it's yeah. a really good place to start. I mean, you could just see like 
dang near every multifamily building out there. Yeah, right. You know? Exactly. I think I think it's mostly accurate, but uh, just like kind of like you said, there's there's some things that could potentially screw you over if you don't have it 100 percent accurate, right? So sure. And uh, at that at that size of apartment building, those like my mentor says, he's like, I get calls every single day from people like me and you, you know, right, trying to right. buy their trying to buy their stuff off of them, but you know, yeah. it's part of the deal, I guess. So I guess that's a good point to kind of redirect, but. So what do you, what is your strategy now? What are you doing? Um, what luck have you had? You have a mentor just. Yeah. So I had, I had some luck. I mean, to go back to the very beginning. So I'm 31 years old right now, but when I was 18, I moved to cities for college and I was in the public library and I was looking through the business section. I'm like, I don't know what I want to do, man. So I'm looking through the business section. And of course, what book do I find? Rich dad, poor dad, just like everybody else out there, man. And it, it was a game changer. Um, you know, I, I was only 18 and I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do in real estate, but I knew at some point in my life, I had to get involved in real estate. Um, and then I got into nursing, which is where I'm at mm-hmm. now. I've been a nurse nice. for a long time. I've been a travel nurse for five years now. Um, but uh, other than, you know, so I, I bought my own house kind of towards the tail end of college. I bought a foreclosure, fixed it up. Oh, wow. But, yeah, Pitt got got it for forty five grand. That was back in the day, like when you could get deals, you know, like no problem. Right, right. Yeah, looking back, I mean, I actually looked at about ten other houses to buy as rentals, but me and my wife were like, we gotta go travel nurse. So we took off travel nursing for five years, and um, in that time, the market changed so much. You know, like we came back to our town where our house is, and we were just like, what happened here? You know, these right. these houses going for one fifty used to be seventy five grand all day. Wow. So doubled. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, But yeah, anyway, so after when I was travel nursing, actually, I I knew that I had to do something to kind of keep up this, the lifestyle of like not working at the same job forever. And, you know, like our parents, how they retired was they worked at the same place for like 30 years, built up the pension, you know, like that's kind of Mm -hmm. the baby boomers way. Right. And I was like, man, I need, I want to be, be able to go wherever I want, when I want, work at all these different jobs and that kind of stuff. And I knew that I also wanted to have a good retirement financially and without a pension or, you know, having some sort of like employer IRA set up, I knew I had to do it on my own. Right. And so real estate was kind of uh, the best avenue for that. Right. Uh, yeah. So, it just made a lot of sense. Yeah. Right. Right. So you're 18 reading the book, then you graduate college you buy a house. Is that how it goes? Or did you become a yep. travel nurse first? You buy the, uh, I bought the house. That's a crazy story. So we bought the house, fixed it up. And then literally we were, we were packing up our stuff kind of like, and as we were moving out of our house, I was putting doors on the house, like fi- doing finishing touches. We're like, we have to hit the road to New Mexico. <laughs> our car was packed. All of our stuff was in it. We had a bedroom here that we left some stuff in, but we had some friends that were going to rent it out. And yeah, as we're leaving, I'm like finishing hanging up closet doors and like, you know, nailing on some trim and stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, then we uh, we moved down to New Mexico and we had some friends living here. So it was kind of a house hack type situation, you know, before I even knew what that was. But our friends paid the mortgage. Um, we gave them a good deal on rent. You know, it was no big deal, but the mortgage was paid for and everything. And, you know, when you pay 45 grand for the house, the, the mortgage is next to nothing anyway. So yeah, it didn't really matter. 
So you got your first deal out of the way though, right away. So that's, that's good. Yeah, that was huge. And it was a pain because it was a foreclosure. Mm -hmm. Um, I, the financing is really tricky. Um, they, they wouldn't let me move in until there was like two or three issues addressed. There was like a tiny little spot of black mold where the laundry machine used to sit. I mean, like nothing. Mm -hmm. And then there wasn't a handrail on the front. And I'm like, that's totally fine. I can do that. You know, I'll do that. And then what? This thing is financeable then. And they're like, no, it's got to be a licensed contractor. So I get roped over for like $2,500 to, to cut out a piece of drywall and put in, you know, re- replace some drywall and put a handrail on the front of the house uh, right. just to make it financeable, you know, which was nice, ridiculous. Yeah. But it was a it was a long haul, man, doing the paperwork. I had to go through a couple of different lenders because, no, you know, I don't know. They just didn't want to touch it. And I didn't have income history and I didn't have a ton of money down. So yeah, it, it was a huge pain, but it was totally worth it in the end. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. So, so how did you find this deal? Uh, Craigslist. Craigslist. Really? All right. Yeah. Awesome. So, so, yeah. So the deal with these HUD foreclosures is that any agent can list them. It's not like a regular market deal where like an agent will get exclusive listing rights to it. Um, so the guy who listed it, was a real estate agent, but he's kind of just like a scrappy, uh, you know, just starting out kind of guy like me. And so it was funny. We, uh, we actually broke into the house. We couldn't, we couldn't get in for some reason. So we like broke into the house to look at it. (laughs) But but, uh, yeah, I just found it on Craigslist. He had like listed it, you know, for whatever reason. And I still talk to that guy every now and then he does rentals and all kinds of stuff. Pretty cool guy. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So you found this deal from Craigslist and this is around what age, like 22, 23? Uh, yeah, probably 23, 23. So maybe 24. So first rental property, uh, it wasn't intentionally rental at the time, but uh, at 23, that's pretty impressive. Uh, and I'm assuming, do you still have this deal today? Do you still have that? I'm sitting in it right now, man. Are you really? Awesome. Yep. (laughs) That's that's cool, man. (laughs) I'm in the basement right now. That's great. I, I just built a garage this summer. Um, that was pretty fun. Did all the work myself or with my buddies and my dad and stuff. Oh, that's right. Cool, uh, didn't have a garage. So we added the garage. It probably, it cost me about 15 grand, I think. Um, and I probably added like 35 grand in value to the house. So wow. it was a nice yeah. little value add. Right. So what, how did it, what did you take out to have a garage? Is this a separate, uh, a separate garage in, the, or is- in the backyard? Yeah. It's detached. Gotcha. Oh, that's cool, man. So, um, yeah. I'm I'm looking at a house right now with my fiance. We're getting married in May. Austin's getting married in uh, the beginning of June. So pretty much back nice. to back to yeah. congrats, yeah. guys. Appreciate Thank it. Appreciate you. it. That's sweet. Yeah. So we've been looking at this one house for about three weeks. We put it off for three weeks ago, and this guy's being super sketchy, and he, he won't get back to us. But it was for it was for like two hundred fifty thousand, and I feel just so dumb putting in an offer that high, and then hearing your story about finding a house for forty five <laughs> and fixing it up, dude. And- it's just a sign of the times, man. There's nothing you can do about it. I know. It's just and, the way that it is. And I don't know how it is in Minneapolis right now, but everything in Houston, in the in a, the outer side where we are, the sort of the met, greater metro area, it's just so hot. And then the, the house hits the market that day and then the next it's gone. It's just it's yeah. crazy right now. So. You really have to be willing to pull the trigger super mm-hmm. fast, you know. Right. And it's tough, especially when it's your first one because you're – you're dealing with money that you work super hard, you know, to save for probably a long time. And, and you don't want to screw up your first deal or you don't want to get hosed on your first one. So 
I understand the the predicament. It's tough. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we kind of knew that going in and looking at the house and we both really liked it. So we wanted to make an offer that day and we thought it'd be, you know, as easy as that, it'd just be done that day. But as I said, it's, it's dragged on for three weeks now. So hopefully we'll hear back tomorrow on whether we got it or not. I'm not going to be too upset either way, but uh, so hopefully that goes through, but um, sure. so you have, you're still living in that house right now, correct? Yeah. Uh, what have you done since then? Are you still just looking or are you, what is your, where are you going now? Well, I, I bought a 12 unit apartment in August. Uh, no way. Last, last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a pretty cool deal. It took a long time to get across the finish line, but, um, so in 2018, um, is when I kind of was like, all right, we're, we're sort of circling moving home, you know, we're thinking about it. So I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, it's time to, you know, implement the next phase in my, in my, you know, my career and my financial life. So started looking for deals and, uh, I, I started looking on LoopNet actually, and I found an 11 unit building. And I ran it by my dad and he's, he's not a real estate guy, but I kind of just sure. bouncing the idea off him, you know, and he's like, well, I, I don't know. You should run that by, uh, by my old buddy, Gary. He's got, you know, he didn't know how many he's got. He's like, I think he's got a thousand units or something like that. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I call up Gary and, uh, he was like, you know, I ran the numbers by him and everything and told him, you know, how I was going to finance this thing. And he's like, yeah, I think, uh, I think you got a deal there. You should go for it. So I, I made an offer on that 11 unit. They wanted 550 for it, which at the, I probably should have paid 550. <laughs> but <laughs> being my first one, I'm like, I can't pay full price. No way. Uh, so I, I offered them 475 and they didn't take it. And they ended up selling it right away for 550. So oh, wow. Really? Fair, yeah, fair enough. Um, but anyway, so I, uh, I called my dad's buddy Gary back and I was like, Hey, I just really want to thank you for, you know, running through that deal with me and giving me the confidence to go ahead and make an offer. And, Mm -hmm. uh, he was like, yeah, you know, some people will want to, but they just never will, you know? And he, like, I kind of got what he was saying. It's like, he basically was saying like, good on you for just trying to jump in, you know? Um, and anyways, I, I kept talking to him. We, we probably talked for about an hour and I had asked him, you know, a couple of times if he ever, ever sells any of his stuff. And he's like, no, no, I don't sell. You know, he's like, I've always been told the one who wins is the one who holds the longest. So I don't sell anything, which is why he's got so many apartments, or whatever. And then half an hour later, he's like, Hey, you aren't interested in my little 12 unit. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, awesome. heck yeah, I'm interested, man. Um, so yeah, that was back in 2018 when we had that conversation and um, so he wanted 720 for it and it was contingent on him getting his 200 and some units, um, started. He's, he's building 200 units here in Minnesota and the, the city that he was building this 200 units in kept kind of dicking him around and stalling and making him pay for extra permits and like dragging their feet and stuff. So it took him two years to like get this Mm -hmm. thing permitted and ready to go and he's he's broke ground i know right now i don't know if he's going to keep going with the lumber prices he might hold off for a year but um yeah yeah so last yeah it would have been last summer 2020 is when uh he uh he finally got that one going and so he was then ready to sell that to me okay so what was 
what was his reason for selling? Cause he just told you, you know, never sell a deal. Uh, the winners are the one who's hold on to it. So what, what happened yeah. in his mind there? Was it a, just a distressed property or is this, he just wanted to help you out or how did that go? Well, a little bit of, a little of both. Um, you know, he saw somebody young and ambitious and him and my dad have known each other since they were kids. Um, so, and he's known, like he lives right next to my parents and all my cousins and uncles and whatever, they all live there and they all have a good working relationship. So that was part of it. Um, but I think he was just, he was just tired of it. It's right next to his house and he was still managing it himself other than mm. just the caretaker that lives there. And when I talked to some of the tenants, they were like, when I bought this place, they'd be like, oh yeah, Gary was uh, just here snaking my drain the other day. And I'm like, this dude has like 2000. <laughs> he's yeah. He's got like almost 2000 or over 2000 units now. And wow. he's still stopping by to snake the drains and pull the quarters out of the laundry machine. That's wow. pretty you impressive. Know? Honestly, yeah. it is. <laughs> dude. It's yeah. Got he's the passion. A, he's a yeah. <laughs> dude. He does. He's a go-getter. Um, but uh, yeah. And then he, it was a good time for him because he could 1031 exchange it into his mm -hmm. new property. Yeah. Awesome, man. So this is now your uh, complex, right? Um, yep. What are rents at? What is, what is the plan for this? You're just going to hold on to it? Um, yeah, I think uh, I'll hold on to it. Um, I, uh, th so the, the one bedrooms right now are going for 675. The two bedrooms are going for 725. I did, uh, we kicked out one person in December. They were mm -hmm. bad people. And we did a, just a super light renovation and I got that one rented out for eight twenty five, dollars So a hundred bucks more a month. Wow. Um, I talked to another local investor in the town and he was pretty sure that I could get a hundred bucks more across the board. And I'm like, dude, no way. Not in this, you know, not in this town. And I put that thing up for, and I got eight twenty five for it. Like no problem. Wow. No yeah. kidding. Uh, so I'm, I kind of have this predicament. Like I, I think I'm going to raise the rents 50 bucks on everybody across the board. I don't think anybody will move because they're still getting a pretty good deal. Mm -hmm. um, but if they do, then it's totally fine because I have the opportunity to go into their unit, clean it up, fix it up a little bit, and then get the rent even higher, you know? Right. Right. Um, I'm, I first, uh, in the next probably month or two, I'm going to start doing the common areas though, new carpets, uh, fix up mm -hmm. the laundry room, you know, just make it look nice, you know? Sure. Uh, so make up, yeah, just exactly. You know, nothing too crazy. It doesn't need any like heavy rehab. I'm not going to like get into kitchen counter cabinets and countertops. Right. Um, you know, maybe some trim here and there, paint, uh, new bathroom fixtures, that kind of stuff. Like it's pretty, pretty cheap to make it nice. Um, you know, cause renters don't, they don't at that price range, they don't really care about granite countertops. Mm -hmm. Like they just want to make sure the space works for them. You right. Know? Yeah, right. that's the most and it's clean and whatever right and i think that's important not you know over rehabbing for the area it's in and just because I, I know that a lot of people get in over their head with some of the rehabs they're doing expecting to get more value than is possible right so i think that's pretty pretty wise of you to do uh so now how did you finance finance this deal was it owner financing, financing? nope i i tried to get him to owner finance but kind of with the 1031 he's like no i, I can't uh Oh, okay. You know, I can't owner. If he was just selling it straight up, he would have for sure. But um, with the 1031, you have to actually sell the property. Um, so I, I had to get creative. Um, I put 10% down 
So I put mm-hmm. 72,000 down after closing costs. It was like 82 or 84,000. And then the bank took a second mortgage out of my house or basically like a lien or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so they got second position on my house. It says collateral. Mm-hmm. And then my dad had to get involved too. And he put $30,000 into a two year CD with the bank. Holy um, Yeah. So, so you got creative, <laughs> very creative. And another, that only reason that that worked is because my dad goes to church with a guy that owns the bank. Oh, oh my wow. gosh. Oh, That's like, awesome. That's awesome. Dude. Um, I, you know, everyone has these stories. They're like, Oh, I had to call 15 banks to get financing <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Yeah. My dad's like, you should call my buddy, Randy. He'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh nice. man. Your dad sounds like a man I want to meet. He seems <laughs> to know everybody important. The thing is he's like, you know, he's not a hustler. He's, he's just a, a farmer, you know, and he's right, just always, a good, honest yep, guy. Just, yeah. Just a good, honest guy. Right. And you don't realize how important just being a good guy is. Yeah. And that's honestly a really good lesson to take into your real estate practice is like, just get a reputation for being a good guy and people will want to work with you. Mm-hmm. They'll trust you. You know, they'll want to do deals with you, be transparent with people. And, uh, and it'll take you a long ways. It might, it might not seem like it at first, but in the long run, it pays off you know, to be honest and transparent and be good yeah. to people. And Absolutely. not only that, your tenants will be good, hopefully back with you if you're being good to them. Totally. Yeah. Be good to your tenants. That's another good one. Um, Cause they just like to pay rent more. You know, mm-hmm. I gave everybody for Christmas last year, a $15 gift card to the local oh, gas nice. station and I got thank you cards back. Really? Saying, thank you. Yeah. Saying thank you for this, you know? Um, so it's like 15 bucks per door. I don't know. It was like 150 bucks or sure. something mm-hmm. like that, but, but you just, it, it helps create the relationship, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's, that's going to be huge when you, when you ask for more in a couple months or however long. And yeah. I think they're, they're, they're going to be willing to pay that because they like you and people only do business uh, with people they know, like, and trust. So I think that they definitely have that relationship with you just based on you telling us that one story alone. Yeah. Um, it, it'll help a lot. And their, their rents haven't been raised in over two years. So they, you know, I think they'll it's, be it's due. Yeah, it's due for sure. Right. And plus, plus I'm making it nicer and managing it a little tighter and keeping a closer eye on it and stuff. So, right. And I've heard so many things about how to raise rents and different, different bigger pockets, books, different podcasts. So I think there's a lot of different methods to that. I, I know that I'm sure it'll go well. Um, yeah. So, so Gary, you've mentioned him a little while ago. Is, is he your mentor? He's my mentor. Oh, awesome. So, that's this a is a relationship. Name. That's a fake name, by the way. All good. All good. <laughs> We're not going to press you for a real one. I don't want to disclose his name. Totally understand. I mean, you know, when we have thousands of listeners, we don't want everybody going to press <laughs> they're gonna Gary. Be, they're going to be knocking down my door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I, Who's this Gary want, guy? You probably shouldn't have told us you're in Minneapolis or else they know. <laughs> uh, so anyways, Gary is your, your dad's bud that you yep. reached out to for this first home that you're in right now. Yep. Um, I don't know, for the 12 unit. Oh, for the 12 unit. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Uh, so how would you recommend that people who haven't got started or are looking to get started like Austin and I uh, reach out to mentors? It's a good question. I think uh, you got it. Well, you, you already are curious and that's a really good first step. Um, you know, so you could call them and, and pick their brain. You know, don't try to make it anything official. Like, don't be right. like, hey, I'm looking for mentorship. That scares uh, everybody off, right? Totally. Find a deal. Um, and it doesn't even have to be like a crazy off-market deal. Just 
be like, hey, I, I found the, this apartment on LoopNet. Here's the numbers. I just wanted to know what you think about it. Because um, they're probably going to want to talk shop about it. They, sure. People love talking about that. Um, people like talking about themselves. So, you know, it's not too hard to like strike, strike up a conversation, you know, with someone about their portfolio or whatever. Um, I mean, ask around, you know, your parents right. probably know, know people yeah. that you don't even know they know. Right. Um, your uncles probably know people that have rental property, your brothers or whoever, you know, that's a great point. I didn't, I didn't know about Gary until <laughs> I was 30 years old. You know? Right. Wow. I'm like, dang, I should have known about this guy when I was 18. I had to start buying apartments right away. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. That's cool, man. So, uh, Austin, I, I, I know you were going to ask, I can't remember what I was going to say. Yeah. So, uh, you mentioned you, so you have, you just got through with the, uh, the 12 unit apartment. Have you started looking at trying to get another one or, uh, like refi pulling some money back out and, uh, yeah. Kind of look at other apartments. I actually, or... uh, I actually had a, an offer on it, uh, about a month ago. Oh, wow. I called, uh, again, I got this guy's number from Gary. I was like, do you know anybody else who's wanting to sell? And he's like, so he gave me the number of a few people. I reached out and this guy was like, I actually don't, uh, I'm not a broker anymore, but I buy apartments. So I told him, uh, you know, we started talking and he's like, I'm actually, uh, I own a dollar general store and I'm going to 1031 it in the spring how much do you want for your 12 unit? <laughs> I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> I, I knew somebody, you know, at some point would like make an offer or be sure. interested in or whatever. But right, like you said, the, the people that reach every out every day, like you and I, right. Yeah. yeah. I haven't gotten any like cold calls or anything, but yeah, this guy was uh-huh. like, you know, just tell me how much you want to make and we'll write up an offer. But wow. um, I don't want, I don't want to sell it. You know, yeah. it's, I don't know. It's too new. No. Um, yeah, absolutely. But uh, I think I can, so I paid 720. I think I can pump the value to like, I think I can get it to appraise for 950 with some renovations and mm-hmm. rent raises. Um, so that, that would give me some equity that I could pull out. So I'll get my cash back plus maybe a hundred thousand or so. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so and you saved again. up that initial down payment for the house. Yeah. That was for me and my wife travel nursing and living frugally and drinking a cheap beer. Mm-hmm. Man, <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, uh, I think that's 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 really cool that your second deal out of the gate, you went and you figured out a way to make that work. That uh, that crazy yeah. twelve unit because you know people want to stay in the the market for single families and dabble around in that until they're confident. And you just went right for the jugular and yeah, put down. Well, you know, you you put it all on the line well, there. You put seventy two thousand. Is that what you said down? Yeah, that's a crazy amount of money. Like it probably took you, yeah. I don't know, like a while to come across that, right? It did. Yeah, we were making pretty good money travel nursing, but um, you know, we sacrificed some things like not putting money into our Roth IRAs uh for quite a while, you know. Because mm-hmm. be you know, before that we were contributing to those and I was I don't know, it's just like I don't understand the stock market. I don't trust it a whole lot. And I'll, you Same know, page, I don't yeah. know, whatever. It's um it's hot right now, but it's like, yeah. I feel like it's a bubble. It's anything anything can knock it off or whatever. I mean, literally a bad day in the news affects I'm, the stock I'm saying, market. I, and, and I'm like, I, I don't want my retirement to be relying, relying on, on this. Yeah. This guy sitting next to me at Edward Jones, who says <laughs> that he's doing the right thing with my money. I'm like, I don't trust that guy. You right. know, I don't really know what he's doing. Right. Uh, but yeah, anyways, what were we talking about? I don't even, uh, how we I got it. You, oh, yeah. So, oh, oh yeah. yeah. So, how you saved a, up and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I went in for the 12 unit when I started looking, I was like, I figured I could do a deal for like three fifty. that. Cause like, 
uh, that would be like 20 or 25% down. I figured mm-hmm. I had enough cash saved up for that. Um, so then I doubled that and I was like, let's freaking do that. You know, so mm-hmm. I kind of, I, um, I actually called brokers one day and I said, Hey, I'm looking for multifamily between five and 750,000 with a pitched roof, you know, not too old, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I didn't find anything from brokers, but it's funny because here I eventually found this deal in that exact criteria. It had a pitched mm-hmm. roof. It wasn't that's too awesome. old in that 700 price range. Yeah. So I was a, I'm a big fan of Grant Cardone too. Like he's, oh, yeah. he's mm-hmm. a total meathead, but um, <laughs> I, I like his attitude of like, just go do it, man. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. So I was like, I'm just going to go do it. You know? Yeah. I used to listen to all his books, all his stuff. Uh, but he, he definitely is a, a meathead. Grant Cardone, if you, if you hear this, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that, but you know, <laughs> Oh, he's going to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, his story is pretty crazy and, and he's got some great tactics, but, uh, but yeah. So, uh, you went into this 12 unit, right? Like, like we said, not off the bat, but right off the bat ish. Uh, yeah, what were your thoughts? Of. Were you, were you still pretty nervous about this? Did you, how did you feel? Were you confident? No, man, I was relieved to get that money out of my hands because cash in the bank, it only goes backwards in value every day. Right. Um, and, you know, like a stock market, you see the number go up like doot, 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 and you don't see that with apartment buildings. It's not as the, you know, the value and the increase in value isn't as tangible mm-hmm. until something like a cash out refi or an appraisal happens. So right. you, you got to be comfortable knowing that your money is there it's not gone. It's, it's in a safe spot. It's just no longer represented by, mm-hmm. you know, numbers on a screen. It's represented by that piece of land, the building on it, the rent coming in, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I was honestly really excited to do the deal. I was, I was like giddy the night before, like I'm going to do this, you know, but um, it was kind of a feeling of relief once the deal happened, you know? And how about the wife? That's was great. she, she okay with uh, <laughs> you taking out her rent and, <laughs> Uh, getting this first deal, 12 units jumping right on in. Yeah, she was, she was pumped. So uh, that, I'm sorry, go on. I, I think when uh, we were out walking, we had our first daughter at the time and she was really little. We were out for a walk and um, I got the call from the bank that said they were going to finance it. And I was just like, holy smokes, <laughs> this is actually going to happen. And um, I think that's when she also kind of realized that it was not, it wasn't just a pipe dream, you know, right. like that we actually could do this because, you know, it's, it's one thing to like find a, a big deal, but like, you know, getting the financing is tough. And um, that's a really big turning point in everyone's first mm-hmm. deal is like when the bank says like, yeah, we'll do it, you know, cause that's huge. Right. Yeah. And, just, uh, I imagine a, an, an incredible feeling. It was, yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> it was probably so the best that, walk that brings- you had. <laughs> yeah it was a beautiful yeah. sunny day and i just remember like this is amazing it's gonna happen yeah oh, that's yeah. great man so so as i mentioned we're both looking to get married soon was your wife initially on board did you have to talk her into it or how did you how did that come about because honestly my wife my future yeah. wife little reluctant doesn't really care totally. about money doesn't care about any of that stuff just cares about living a good life right mm-hmm. well you gotta have money to live a good life so i, I totally agree figure, figure something out <laughs> Uh, you can't have one without the other in a, in a sense, but um, she, she was just like, why are we listening to these podcasts all the time? Why are you reading these books all the time? <laughs> um, 
but uh so i mean she supports my dreams and everything so in that sense she was on board with it um yeah she's pretty easy to go on so she Mm -hmm. she got on board with it eventually yeah and and we're not like okay so we had like a hundred thousand dollars in the bank but what is it doing? It doesn't do anything for you. Right. I could I could have bought a used Lamborghini. You could yeah, get one of those. Right. You know, but what is that but, gonna do? Right. But what is it gonna do? You know, like a hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money to save up, but it's not gonna change your lifestyle by mm-hmm. any means. Right. Or it could, but you're it's gonna be gone right away. I could have bought yeah. a new pickup truck. Those sure. are like 70 grand for yeah. a nice new pickup. Right on. Um so it was like the money is just sitting there. We have to do something with it. You know, because we're not spenders. We're not going to spend it on mm-hmm. something, you know, garbage or whatever. So right, yeah. right. So so you had that money in your account, and I just, for me personally, I'd be obviously worried it, watching it leave. But I totally understand what you're saying about mm-hmm. how you wanted to deploy it, and it made you more nervous. It just sitting there and doing nothing, right? So yeah, I think that that's that's totally. an important mindset to have uh, when looking at it that way. Because obviously, I've saved up a little bit for to to put a down payment on this house. I'm going after now, but Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm I'm most scared to see that number leave. And of course, that's for something that's not going to make me any money. Like this was making you money. It's mm-hmm. essentially that used Lamborghini, like you said, being that. No, I'm, not even close, man. A house, even if you don't get a screaming deal, like it's a, you're buying a house, right. you know, it's much better than a used Lamborghini. So you don't think I should, <laughs> you don't think I should feel too bad for it? No, it's no, man. It's just a number. It goes away, but it's still there. It's hanging out in your house with you. <laughs> that's that's <right>. all. <laughs> it's in the walls. That's right. <laughs> it is for real yeah. yeah and you can you can grow it by making your house nicer mm-hmm. you know right right the only way you're growing that money right now is the 0.001 percent interest you're making <laughs> on it yeah. and every every day you go into work you know and you sock a little more in there mm-hmm. you know you're still going to go to work you're still going to have that income but then you can build equity in your house uh-huh. right so Perfect. moving forward, like what, what's your, what's your future goals? I know you have this deal now. Are you thinking about the future? Or are you focused more so on this right now? So I, I'm kind of doing both. I, I've got one eye on the apartment and one eye on the next deal, which isn't there yet. I don't have another mm-hmm. deal I'm looking, but um, I, yeah, I would like to be doing this full time in a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think maybe 30 more units, maybe even 20 more units, you know, 32, 36, 40 units, I think would be, would be enough. Um, my wife is, is staying home right now with the kids and getting her master's degree. So it's like, Mm. um, I, you know, I'm, we're pretty frugal, but like, I can't quit my job just yet. Like we still need that income and and all that. But I think once my wife is working, you know, and she has her degree and she's got a good job, um, then, you know, I could probably spend a little more time on the apartment and a little less time at work and, you know, kind of just pursuing that a little more because, right. you know, it isn't like super steady income. I mean, it's steady, but it's not enough to, you know, justify quitting my job just yet. Yeah. So. Right. I think ideally that at least I, I can't speak for Austin, but I would like to be on the same path that you're on now, you know, living frugally, mm-hmm. saving the pennies and then uh, just being able to retire young and sure. just be able to be that financial freedom that you're talking about now, just having enough to support uh, what you really want to do, you know? Totally. So. And, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of people with a lot of money and it doesn't at some point, like it doesn't do anything for you. Like you get to a point where you're living comfortably. And then beyond that, it's all just extra. 
mm-hmm. you know? So it's, you don't need like a ton of money to like, I mean, unless you want to live like Pitbull, like Mr. Worldwide, you know, <laughs> like yeah. be taking yachts around the world, but like, you know, for the average guy like you and I to live a good life, you know, it doesn't take it, you know, thousands of apartment units to do that or whatever. Right. But, All right. Well, Andrew, uh, we're getting kicked out in less than a minute, it says here, but uh, I could talk to you for honestly, I could talk to you for hours because everything you said has just been so interesting and helpful. We'll, we'll have you on episode two. <laughs> yeah, we def- I definitely. Minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely would love to have you back on once we know more of what we're doing, can have more structure. Uh, I think sure. it reached more people, but uh, we really appreciate you being on and uh, I definitely want to keep up with you and keep us posted on that deal. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to episode one of the First Step Real Estate Investing Podcast. We apologize for the Zoom cutoff there. Uh, we're a little too cheap to purchase the premium version. Yeah, it was pretty abrupt, but I think I think that's a good reminder to keep it nice and short, uh, nice and digestible for all you listeners. Uh, but honestly, I could have talked to Andrew for several hours just listening to all his stories and pulling as much knowledge as I can out of him because he just was such a great first guest. Uh, Everybody, if you could just go into the Bigger Pockets forums, give him a shout out, uh, let him know how great he did, because uh, he's just a true rock star. Very, very blessed and honored to have him on the first episode. Oh, I agree 100%. And while you're there, make sure you give Hayden and I both a follow too. And as well as if you could do us a favor and uh, like and share our podcast right here, uh, we really would appreciate it. You know, get the word out. Uh, we're just starting out episode one. We hope to be uh, many more episodes in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Sharing and liking and subscribing would do wonders for our channel, So, especially early on. So we'd really appreciate anything you guys could do. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Austin, you ready to get out of here? Yep. This is Austin Cole. Signing off with Hayden Wright.